0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
1: One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
0: Nice dress. Uh, It's a a t-shirt.
1: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care.
2: Everybody, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness, and you have stumbled across the Holderness Family Podcast. Uh- <laughs> Yeah. He, for
3: this, yeah, for this very small moment in time, he likes to pretend he's a game show host. Uh, you may know us from our really goofy family videos on the internets, uh, but this is our very favorite thing. It's our So podcast. much our
2: favorite thing that today we've decided to do this exact podcast twice.
3: <laughs> we did this and then it didn't record. <laughs> it was like,
2: there there was this movie I watched called Wet Hot American Summer where they gave this guy like a DJ booth yeah. to be like to talk about camp yeah. and they never plugged it in. So he was just... Sitting in there by himself, talking. So that's basically what we just did. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's okay. You know what? I wasn't feeling. We weren't really vibing. I was in a. It was. We recorded it this morning, and I had to get out like a hard out, and made a rush through some stuff. So also, be Lola better. came upstairs,
2: and it got weird.
3: Yeah. Like we, so I thought, I'm like, oh, Lola, come talk to us, come share, because today we're talking about limping across the finish line to the school year and what we learned from the school year, what our kids learned, and I really thought she'd want to contribute no she did not
2: no she mumbled from away from the mic she doesn't know how audio production works that's okay she's learned a lot we're going to talk about a lot of the stuff that she's anyway learned this year.
3: um subscribe to this podcast leave a review if you love it if you don't love it you know you do you um also a very important
2: thing drum roll hang on i've got a drum roll thing where is it i got a drum roll sound effect you ready yeah Nope, that's not it. Okay, well, let's just go with that one.
3: Uh, Drumble, I don't know even know if you know what I'm about to say.
2: You're going to talk about what we're planning on doing in July? No. Oh.
3: I was going to say, well, okay. <laughs> we um, have a book. It's called Everybody Fights, Why Not Get Better At It? If you have read the book and love the book would you write a review for the book it helps people find us and um, we loved writing it we loved um, promoting it we love reading the reviews about how it's helped people we've had some really amazing notes and messages but it'd be super cool if you left those on Amazon yeah it (laughs) makes a big difference July
2: now (laughs) That was the wrong button. Okay, you know what? I'm not gonna do the buttons anymore. No buttons. <laughs> so, guys, starting in July, we're gonna start doing these again every week. Yeah, um, we've, we've, we've decided two things. Number one, that we like this so much, we want to make it more of a priority, and mm-hmm. we want to start. Like, for, it, this is for us. This is therapeutic. We want to start talking about being better people and better at being married to each other.
3: In today's show, we're gonna talk about making it through then versus now. This school year, right? Last August, we recorded a podcast. We had a guest, Mariah Morris, and she said to us, "It's like teachers are building an airplane in the air, and they don't know how it will land."
2: That was August, and that was quite prophetic, wasn't it?
3: Right, and now it's landing, you yeah. guys. Uh, it's we are crossing the finish line with tape and glue, and we are on fumes. Yeah,
2: but- I want to Like, let's continue this airplane metaphor. What does the airplane look like right now? Oh my gosh, it is. They,
3: snakes on a plane yeah,
2: they ran out of coffee versus
3: airplane yeah. the movie versus it, it, there's there's a lot happening right now um but we wanted to talk about just our thoughts what our kids learned outside the classroom and then and also we asked what your children learned and you had yeah. some amazing amazing comments and it just, it's going to, yeah, we've, we've done this podcast before, so it's right. going to start some a good discussion.
2: And I, and I do, we're going to talk a lot about how we feel, but I do want to start with Kim's main doctrine at this time of year that she has spoken out on quite a bit, which is everyone gets an A plus.
3: <laughs> I don't know today, right now, as we speak, our daughter's taking a Spanish final. Why, why, why are we doing this? Why are we testing them?
2: Don't you feel like teachers feel the same way too? I,
3: I, I know her Spanish teacher. I know her teacher doesn't <laughs> want to do this, but I think for high school, they need to know, but why does high school need to know? We're I don't gonna know. We're going to
2: get into that too, because I have some strong feelings about that.
3: Uh, yeah. So earlier in August, I wrote about four very important things. I hope my kids learned during this school year and we're going to do an inventory. Um, What I My goal for them this school year had nothing to do with their grades. I told them I wasn't even going to check their grades. I wasn't even going to check them. If they could do this, if they could learn true empathy, if they could learn emotional endurance, if they could practice resilience, and that they could learn that boredom would not kill them. And that was my goal that we sat at the kitchen table and we talked about. And I believe our children checked those
2: boxes i think they checked three out of four i'm looking through them i think so each of them i think checked off three out of four i think they were close i think lola already knew true empathy Mm -hmm. but um but i think the other three things emotional endurance resilience and that boredom won't kill them she kind of took it upon herself to set these really lofty goals during a pandemic which takes a lot of courage and bravery and i still don't really know why, but I'm certainly not going to ask or question it because it's made her into a better, like really better studier. It's given her I think clarity of what she wants to do. I'm talking about this. She she decided she wanted to go and play division one tennis and, or any college tennis. And, well, and, yeah. And that, that goal is going to change, but that was the, the beginning of her goal. That was this incredibly lot, By the way, do you know how hard that is? That's an, and she's getting Im-
3: a late start. Hang on, I, know, I know.
2: I know. I'm not talking about, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want an excuse for this right now. I think that it's the fact that she made that goal and she made it so lofty Forced her to learn about emotional endurance and resilience and also it took out most of the boredom in her life Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So for Lola, that was her her Journey, I think pen Charles learned resilience. I think he learned emotional endurance I think pen Charles was victim to the boredom and a lot of it was based around the lack of real the lack of real Interaction and I don't think any of us knew in August how much of a toll that was gonna take
3: If you had asked me in August which one of our children would thrive in this school year, I probably would have Mm -hmm. flip-flopped. And I'm not breaking confidentiality here because we've talked about this with them beforehand. Um, Lola had an amazing school year. Um, It was not perfect. She was pretty disappointed often. But a, a 13-slash-14-year-old girl is wired differently than a an 11-year-old boy. 11 is just a hard time. It was a hard time for Lola. I remember being 11. It was super awkward. And so I think you take out the social piece, was which is the most fun of, of being 11. It was just hard in ways that, as parents, we didn't predict. Sure. And so we are trying to unravel and unpack some things um, but I do know that our, I'm so proud of both of our kids. Um, but Penn and I have talked about and we've actually talked with you know teachers about this is we needed to depend on technology to get. To, to educate our kids but then also to occupy their time so especially earlier in the pandemic Penn charles's only social outlet was he would facetime with friends while playing roblox or xbox or something like that and we were so thankful for that and i'm not going to beat myself up about
2: uh, up no. about that
3: but now he's become
2: we talked to a teacher yesterday about this yeah he's what's so she, dependent on that yeah w- what she said and it's not just him it's the world, right? Those, those technological shortcuts were necessary for us to educate our kids over the last year. Some people would say that it helped their kids. It did not help everybody. As a whole, as a civilization, the, the question is now, like, how much of that do you keep? And what sorts of things are you missing when you do go into like a fully digital environment? And for for Penn Charles, I think there was a lack of interaction and it led to it led to like changes in mood and it led to he was never mean, but it led to some changes in behavior. And I mean, who knows? It may have led to some sadness, just the inability to be in front of people like he used to be.
3: And for those because we've we've mentioned this before we've talked about this before when we've had comments of well why don't you just you know take your kids outside and teach them how to change the oil in a car and do all this stuff we also have jobs yeah so we are it's a weird job and it's a weird way to pay a mortgage but from nine to five we are pretty booked up i mean we can uh, obviously we we work this job so we can pick up from school and drive to sports so we are pretty flexible but we do work and our kids are not toddlers so we didn't have a child care situation and also i felt like especially in the beginning of the pandemic i didn't want him to go on bike rides with friends i didn't want him to go do those things so it was pretty isolating in the very beginning so it it, so if you're tempted to say that as parents we should have done done a better job of getting them outside and choosing adventures know that we are working people, and we did our very best, so,
2: and that again, everyone is doing the best they can in their own way. That's one thing a lot of people learn this year, as a parent and as a child. So anyway, um, let's get to some of these great comments,
3: and we will do that right after a word from our sponsors. ok. We're back, and we're back. I feel like as parents, we have also learned empathy and endurance and resilience. And we haven't had an opportunity to be, you and I haven't had the opportunity to be bored, but I feel like we've learned those other things. Yeah,
2: We also don't have a teacher like grading us and telling us what we've done which would sometimes I kind of want to get graded on things that I'm doing. Okay, I would nice. like to be, I would like some positive affirmation. I'd like a teacher to give me like a gold star for something. Okay. That I
3: do. Any teachers out there, send pen a gold star. Thank you. Anyway, we asked our Facebook audience, uh, what's your kids learned outside of the classroom? And we got some funny answers. Like Beth Fitzgerald said, my kids learned the ins and outs of working in a corporate HR job and have likely decided it's not for them.
2: <laughs> which I guess that's a blessing and a curse. Like, aren't, did you really know what your dad did for a living?
3: He, no, no clue. He was,
2: I mean, he was an architect, but did you know like what, what exactly? And he it was did probably more boring than yeah. I thought it was. Yeah, I, I knew that my dad was a preacher, but if I went to like, look at what he spent like 10 hours a day in the hospital with people who were sick and I never had to see that. I, I'm trying to imagine what it would be like if I had to like tag along with him during an entire year.
3: Stephanie Day said, my kids got really good at Roblox. Hey girl, same, same.
2: Yeah, I, we don't need to say any more except our son uh wants to be a professional Roblox player now, so. Yeah. It's
3: a That'll, job out there for yeah. some people.
2: Okay, Amy Webster. Great comedic they learn great comedic timing, a sense of sarcasm, and some new swear words.
3: Yes, we um we love Jesus but we cuss a little. And our kids uh heard heard some of that because sometimes
2: we would forget they were here. Yeah, and also that's a t-shirt. What? We love Jesus, but we cuss a oh, little.
3: Oh no, no, I think I've seen it on a hat. I oh didn't, really? I okay, didn't make that. I up.
2: didn't realize it. No, well, I that didn't was make, a good I one. Didn't,
3: okay, Victoria Thalamore said that her mom can cuss like a sailor. There it is. There you are. So, we're, I think all of our all of our children have learned to use the language in a little different way.
2: I'm super proud that I've never heard my kids cuss. I'm trying to think of when I started saying swear words, and it was right around then. And maybe yeah. they're just keeping it away from me. Yeah, are thanks are for doing. It. Yeah, exactly.
3: Rachel Kochman, that their siblings are the best friends they will ever have in life, and are always there whether they want them to be or not.
2: That's huge, yeah. right? I in we we've talked about this before. I'm a little not jealous. I'm I'm really impressed that our two kids who are different. They're very different. They, I hear them laughing, and I hear them upstairs giggling about things, and. I don't remember ever having those kinds of moments when I was this age with my brother. We were really close in age, and we were kind of competitive. You had
3: those moments. Well,
2: you didn't see us when we were that age. I'm telling you, it was not pleasant. Once, once he went to high school as a, in a boarding school, and I realized how much I missed him. We became best friends, and we still mm-hmm. are. But it, it is if you can <laughs> if you can take something out of this and it's a stronger relationship with your sibling, that's got to be good, right?
3: I know, as a parent, that's the dream, right?
2: Yeah. All right, Amy Ford. He learned that he actually does like school. Well, the in-person kind.
3: I think that Lola was so excited to go back to school, even with masks and distancing and things like that. PC probably would have stayed online if he had the opportunity. He actually, he said he would prefer the online, but we um, overruled that. (laughs) Sorry, dude.
2: Yeah. I also think, and again, there's a lot to unpack here, but... That may have just been a habit that formed over the year before. Right, where it, it started was just, in the March where before. It was just because we forget, there's this year, but there's also just the sheer trauma of those three months. That ended the 2019 season right season. Sorry. This isn't a basketball game
3: Um, I I would say one of the hardest things in my life to do is to lower my expectations And but a whole bunch of you had some beautiful words to say about what your kids learned Um, Monique delaney said we learned very little this year and that was kind of the goal. I love that To just be. So I guess I could say we learned that every moment doesn't have to be a goal-oriented and forward-driven. That just existing in that moment is enough. I need Monique to come just take me by the shoulders every day and just tell me that over and over again.
2: And then when she's done talking to you, I need her to talk to colleges (laughs) and high high schools. I just, like, I'm already feeling the reality of our daughter going to high school And the pressure that's going to come from every single grade that you get and from every activity that you're supposed to do. And like I I could go on a full rampage about this. And I loved college. I loved every minute of college. But the process by which you get into college is by nature the opposite of what she just wrote.
3: And that goes into what Mindy Richardson had to say. She said that honestly, even in high school, grades, grades aren't as important as we make them. There has to be a holistic approach to education, and if you need a mental health day, it's okay to take one. Just tell me before you forge my name on a note. (laughs) Grades don't define our kids. And this is maybe a separate podcast, but get ready for my rant. I could not agree more to what she's saying. I think that our current education system grades and rewards kids that are good at reading and math and the other kids who may be brilliant in spatial awareness and art and music yeah. at, at our school, art and music aren't graded. And, 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 are tre- and so therefore to me, aren't a priority. And I think it's bananas that we are trying to force this system on our kids that does not fit. if One system does not fit everybody. There's this analogy yeah. there, and, and I'm going to get this wrong. It's like, you know telling a fish to climb a tree that's just not going to work in a lot of systems and i i hope and i pray that there is some magic overhaul in the college admissions systems and,
2: and i hear you and i that's that's i agree with you on all of that just to be the devil's advocate And first of all, I hate when people say, because that's the way it's always been done. If you ask someone, okay, why are college admissions like this? And they say, because that's the way it's always been done. It means it's time to change it. It means it's time to change the paradigm. However, I'm just racking my brain and trying to figure out how in the heck a university, like we live in North Carolina, they have 16 schools in their state school systems. They are the most desired schools because they are incredibly affordable and they're great schools. They get so many applications, they probably have to they, they probably admit 100,000 kids every single year to these schools, and they probably get a million applications. I'm probably way off in that, but let's just say it's a 90% rejection rate at these schools. That's not out of the ordinary. And there's that many applications. They would probably say to you that you can't.
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring.
3: May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy.
2: Opening up to a therapist might feel uncomfortable, cathartic, exhausting, or even exhilarating. But one thing's for certain, if you keep talking or texting with a licensed therapist, you will gain insights and uncover truths that you can only find in therapy. Get those
3: personal breakthroughs and judgment-free support by signing up for Talkspace.
2: At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours.
3: There's no need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up childcare in order to attend sessions. It's mental health care
2: made easy. Talkspace is also affordable and in-network with most major insurers.
3: To celebrate May, Mental Health Awareness Month, and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering every listener of this podcast $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness.
2: To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness to get $80 off your first month with code space eighty and to show your support for the show.
3: That's Talkspace.com slash Holderness with code SPACE80.
2: You can't process an admission like that without some baseline metrics. And so then it starts back up again. Then it's like, okay, you've got to have a certain level of success that you have. And then that's the stress that we put on our kids. So what I'm doing is agreeing with you at the same time as saying, I don't know how they're going to fix it. I would love to talk to someone about it. I have no solution, Yeah. but all I know is we are judging
3: our amazing, resilient, empathetic children um, all by this, you know, tests and 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 fill in the blanks that just don't measure their awesomeness that being said I, I i also don't think that college is for everybody or should be for everybody especially if you have to leave in debt um there, there's a whole there's a, a lot to unpack as we are sending a kid into high school and she is already thinking about it already thinking about it yeah and it's not from what the conversations you and i are having with her because they don't come up the only college conversation we have had is she said i think i want to play tennis in college came out of nowhere we did not we did not think that is an option um she has some catching up to do and that she her focus on this is like later all these kids she plays tennis with are started when they were four but we did say, hey, if you do want to play, acad- you know, an athletic, you have to academically qualify as well. Right. And she, she re- that forced her to really buckle down this year.
2: Well, no matter what happens, I, it, it, she'll, she might get disappointed if she doesn't accomplish her goal. It's already paying so many dividends just having the goal.
3: That's why I, so, and that's, so I, I don't
2: want to, I don't want to get rid of that either.
3: No, 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 no. And I never would tell her, like, lower your expectations because I am a, the, t- the way I set goals and it drives you crazy. Like, let's shoot for number one. We end up number seven. And by number one, I'm not, I I'm, let, let, let's shoot for the stars. We, we, we fall a little bit. Who cares? We, the act of doing and the act of practice and the act of studying to me is, the process but that's just me and i'm a little weird but no it's not weird i'm
2: sure everyone's different i'm i am let's reach a reasonable goal and then surpass it so that we (laughs) can actually do it just so we can enjoy it for like five seconds and have something to celebrate
3: oh i don't like to enjoy anything all right
2: so here's the next one kimberly selmeyer love the name uh that life goes on and we survive we make the best of any adversity and we do the best we can, even if that means watching TV all day. Sometimes we don't have the energy to do big and busy things because our minds are feeling anxious and that's all right. Look beyond grades in school, do good, but there's more to life than straight A's. I love that.
3: And that goes into what we were just saying. And I will I will echo something she said that we don't have the energy to do big and busy things because our minds are feeling anxious. I I'm an avid reader. I love reading. Reading became tough for me over the pandemic. And while our friend Julie lived with us for ten months, she just recently left, mm-hmm. and she did nothing but read. She read. She the books she left behind in the guest room. It's it's. She has a stack of books that she left.
2: Yeah. I she may have binge watched a couple shows too, but yeah, she read. Them a lot
3: well. <laughs> but love you, Jules. Um. I I had t- trouble disconnecting.
2: Um. So I, I, anyway, I'll echo no, like that. No, no. And say, you'll notice we're going to do a lot of this. We're, we're talking about what we learned about our kids. And this is also, let's be honest. This, these are things that we've learned about ourselves as well. Yeah. I've had some energy lulls in the last year that could partially have to do with the fact that I'm getting old, but stop also, it but also I haven't been able to get the energy that I normally get from other people as an extrovert and i have felt exhausted and i have felt the lack of energy just like i think these kids probably have um and so that's a good way for me to empathize with them when they say hey dad i'm really tired yeah
3: uh, kelly johnson said my 15 year old became a great cook jelly uh my 9 year old learned the art of being alone the last one might sound sad but honestly shouldn't we all be okay being in our own company i love being alone i do not and it? it's a skill <laughs> but being alone is a skill and i think it's a great skill to teach your kid at age 9 also i really wish one of my kids had embraced cooking lola was super into baking in the beginning of the quarantine and then now she plays tennis 5 hours a day we
2: five, they, they did they did make us a dinner one time um, oh, which goodness, which affirmed yeah it affirmed two things for me it affirmed number one that our kids love us and that we must be doing something right because it was the sweetest thing I've ever experienced and number two that they don't know how to cook uh, quite as well as maybe your fifteen year old um, because uh, it was um, yeah it was like a quiche with. Um,
3: yeah, graham cracker crust. Graham, yeah, they, they accidentally
2: bought a graham cracker. <laughs> they, they didn't mean to. Their desserts were amazing.
3: Uh, it was nachos with Oreos crumpled on top with chocolate sauce. But it was great, actually amazing.
2: Yeah, though the nachos with the Oreos. Yeah, the yeah. Oreo nachos.
3: Anyway, um, Lauren Ash says uh, they learned that they didn't need fancy outings to entertain themselves. I I love that Pen Charles went on a few bike rides with friends and they found this creek and they brought back garbage that they found. (laughs) Not not the best when we come to COVID, but um, I I think that he remembers those trips fondly. Last summer, he took a uh, bike ride to a creek and like jumped in the gross water and came back disgusting, but had the best time and still talks about it.
2: Amy guy, never take anything for granted, especially friends who get you through pandemics in a relatively sane way. We've had like we've made we've had friends our whole lives, but there are those pandemic friends, right?
3: I know. I feel like we connect. We were able, because we had to be here, we yeah. were able to connect with people, especially when we were like, outside's okay. You know, we were able to sit in backyards, and you were able to play tennis, and it was really amazing. Right,
2: and then we found those kids, or like families, I'll just admit this, it's sometimes like, oh, you guys got COVID? I'm really sorry.
3: I'm really sorry you got COVID. In 10 days, <laughs> do you want to come over? Do your I-
2: kids want to play with our kids, because you've got the antibodies, and you can't give it to them? <laughs> Did anyone else do that? I really, I don't know how well, well, foushy. Would feel about that? No, but, but this <laughs> one
3: particular family who we love and adore, we're yeah. like, I'm so sorry. You're, fe- you're, I'm so glad you're feeling okay. You want to come out? over? Yeah. Um, so, Christy Walgamont, my kids learned that by pitching in and doing something to help your community is important. We talked a lot about how World War II when people planted victory gardens and gave up things like sugar and other luxuries and pulled together. I, I, we talked a lot about this as well. How mask wearing was for other people. Um, about how staying home. What what that meant for our community. But it seemed, I will say, I loved, I'm fascinated by World War II. And I'm fascinated with even um, books and history, fiction, nonfiction uh, surrounding that time period. I felt like in World War II, you were doing something. Even by cutting something out, you were actively doing something.
2: Well, you were you were helping a cause, right? Right? right. You know but what I you mean. Were, yeah.
3: But by by cutting out those other luxuries, you could actually see, yeah. and you there was an there was something tangible. Staying home.
2: And just for a lot of
3: pe- we learned yeah. that a lot of people didn't see value in that.
2: There's no you can't see the end game. And right. You can't, there's no reward. Like the reward is you don't die. And that's not as fun as <laughs> building something to beat the Nazis um, or doing something I to, hate to
3: laugh. But that's that's so American. Yeah. It is so uniquely American that we're like, nah, I may die, but that's OK. I still want to go get a glass of wine.
2: Also, like 100 percent of America was anti-Nazi and we, we,
3: yeah, we, didn't get, we, we
2: didn't
3: get really, to 100%. Not
2: really 100% on what just happened. Maybe um, not 100%. I should, you know what? We we get a lot of like, we'll get contradictory emails and comments and I, I always respect, I want to get other people's opinions. I don't want to hear from a Nazi oh, on this. I'm really for hoping, the I'm no, I'm really they hoping can that we don't. <laughs> go take a, no. no. Hope they're not listening to our podcast.
3: No. Bless it, block block the Nazis. Uh, Katie Shurek, that their parents will move heaven and earth to give them as much normalcy as possible. Um, I don't know that. I think that's lovely that parents and I. I'm, I'm we are taking our kids. We're getting on an airplane next week, so we we are we're trying to safely do the normal thing. We didn't, especially in the beginning. We were those mean people who didn't give them a ton of normalcy. Um, but now we're really trying. We are really trying.
2: This, I would say like, normalcy is one thing. I, I think also parents have learned to move heaven and earth to really applaud and understand what they've gone through and, and uh, show them the appreciation for how much they've grown. Um, yeah. so yeah.
3: Okay. I'm so proud of our kids.
2: So this, I'm just sitting here thinking about this, this next one. Amy McClard said, learning to deal with disappointment. That's all she said. Learning to deal with disappointment. Listen, Whoa. I, do you remember there was this like four week period and maybe this goes back before the start of the school year where things started, the cascade of cancellations started and like every vacation that your kid thought they were going to take got canceled and every sport they thought they were going to play got canceled and everything they looked forward to as to kids being around their friends got canceled. And then, Um, And then, like, then the next round of trips happen early that year and they're still getting canceled. And you and I have been around for 46 years and we're, we know how to deal with that kind of disappointment. We've been through more stuff than them. Imagine being a little kid who, like, Penn Charles has spent more than 10% of his life in COVID, like, 10% of his life, just this cascade of disappointment.
3: To the point where Lola graduates, I'm using air quotes, from eighth grade, and it's, supposed, it's outside, obviously, and it's supposed to rain. And she's like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, that's fine. Whereas I, I think that prior, she maybe would have checked the weather obsessively or something yeah. like that. And now she's like, eh, whatever, bring a raincoat. And-
2: but then you, then you become grateful for the little things, right? You don't become Dudley Dursley in Harry Potter when he got 36 presents instead of 37 the year before and he throws a tantrum. Little Harry Potter reference to my potheads out there. Wait. Is that what they call them? Oh, I hope not. Probably not potheads. I probably.
3: Uh, Crystal Baker, I learned that high school kids can get really overlooked by the system, and there are a lot of focus on getting younger kids back, but I think that teens need it as much, if not more. I tried to end each class Zoom with a word of affirmation, and I could tell that that small act meant a lot to my students. First of all, bravo. Thank you for being a high school teacher. And I agree. There was a huge push in, in our area. Elementary schools went back before the high schools. And I, and and then even in the school, you know, we're in. And the teens can
2: handle it. I'll yeah.
3: Fine. The little kids kind of got priority for classrooms. And that, you know, um, Lola was oh, yeah. put into like the lunchroom. And I, um I
2: disagree <laughs> i was pissed no i, was I mad. mean you know why because okay the kids i get it get get as many people back to school as possible but let's just leave the people with the crazy hormones raging through their bodies that they can't explain in their in their room for an extra three months while everyone else right
3: and, and so i agree and and i think that i hate to say it but if it's it's tough. there's no easy age to go through this but I feel like we're we're, we're in the hormone stage yeah and yeah anyway I hey, agree.
2: this next one I really want to make sure and read because it is it's different from kind of maybe what what my experience was but I think it's really important this is from Teresa McCreary my son was really quiet in class before remote learning because he was overshadowed by some dominant personalities of his classmates once we went remote and kids were lit were literally muted he was able to raise his hand speak and be heard happy to report that the teachers say he is now more confident to speak up and share even once the kids went back in person see I, I was sitting here talking about how I think technology was like really stunting some of the kids when it came to this but that's a really good point
3: it's amazing and
2: a, and a good example of like taking the good out of this and good for good for him and good for her for writing that
3: I I, I love that experience and yeah. I love that he had that experience that's so cool um, the next one uh, Christina Kolb Cobb Kolb, K-O-L-B, I know that they, <laughs> I know that her kids learned to be supportive and loving as their third grade teacher <laughs> was on a very steep learning curve with all the technology. You did it, Mrs. Kolb. Yay. Of course, it was on the fourth try. They always cheered me on. We had our virtual end of year picnic on Zoom today, and I could not be more proud. I love, I have to say, first of all, our teachers, any te- I say hour and meaning like the universal hour, the teachers in of the world bless you, hug you, I could cry.
2: I'm glad that she put her name in the story because at first I thought she was throwing her kid's teacher under the bus. And then it turns out she was talking about
3: you know, herself. herself. Yeah. I, and, and then I, it always makes, I will watch these on TikTok where that where they will all put their cameras on and then do the thank you for their teacher. It always makes me cry because can you imagine just you've, you've taught one way for a number of years, then all of a sudden you're thrown into, I, I, I can. Yeah. Anyway, I, uh, yeah.
2: Cynthia Larcom, Seagal, Seagal Seagal uh said that they learned community responsibility. The kids learned that they are part of a bigger whole and that they are responsible for helping to protect others and their discomfort and disappointment is not always the most important thing that. that. So think about this. Th- that really is about <laughs> being safe and being careful when, when you're out there as well. Um, and we all had to do that as a people for about a year. And that is a good lesson for kids to learn.
3: Yeah, and I and I think our kid I will I will say we had a lot of conversations with our kids about the importance of what we did in this year. I hope we never ever have to repeat it. I I it was harder in a lot of ways than I thought it would be. It is gone by the days are long but the years are short, right? It it, yeah. it feels like a blink and it is over. Um my kids I We'll try not to cry. I'm so proud of all of our kids that they've been able to to manage and do this. And I don't know if I could have. I mean, there were days where i I could barely I, I could barely function, and there were expectations of them to to write book reports and and um, I'm just so proud of them.
2: Me too. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm I'm proud of I'm proud of all of us. The, the I'm proud of the teachers. and am proud of everyone. I don't want to leave anybody out. So I'm going to stop listing, but, but our kids, their limits were tested in a way that they never expected them to be. It goes to show what we're capable of when, when we're put in a stressful situation, it's inspiring to know that our kids can do so much more than we ever thought that they could do. And that's a nice thing for me to know that my kids are pretty tough and they're pretty smart and they can do hard things because sometimes you spend your life working to make it as easy as possible for your family.
3: I know. I feel like we, We, I over parent in a lot of ways because I want my kids to never feel discomfort (laughs) and never feel challenge, And that's just, we're programmed that way. Right. Yeah. Just to, to remove all obstacles, to make life amazing. And we were unable to do any of that this year. Right.
2: But we also got to be the good guys and like cheer them on and say, Hey, you got this and let COVID be the bad guy. COVID was the disciplinarian. COVID mm. was the teacher was the stern teacher.
3: But you guys, we made it. I mean the finish line is here. There's the balloon arch and,
2: and <laughs> spirit and, rock. And shine
3: the, that spirit rock. Shine the spirit rock, rock eyes. Um but thank you for contributing and, and sharing with us about what your kids learned. And in the comments section, send us a message on Instagram. Let us know what you learned this school year. Because man, I mean this I think this year has forever changed us all. And um, we, are, we are, as a family, having constant discussions about things we want to add back in as the world, as the world returns to normal. I hope it doesn't go back to normal normal, but we're having some discussions about what we want to add back in and what's important. So thank you for listening to us, Ramble. I love you guys for listening. Bye.